Okay. This is where it has to happen, and this is where it has to happen. I'm not letting you get rid of me. How about that? Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Who the fuck is this asshole? If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Look, but if they hate him, why do they listen? Most common answer. I want to see what he'll say next. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spittin' the Real Shit, the only weekly movie podcast created by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. Tonight you are catching us on a very special night, for it is our fifth episode ever. Uh, tonight we'll be discussing top ten lists of all time and the psycho years of movie fandom. My name is Charlie Thompson. I am the founder of soul administrator, and bracket master of the real shit. And tonight, I am actually rolling solo. Uh, Rylan Johnson uh, could not be here tonight due to a scheduling conflict, but I wanted to make sure that when I say a weekly movie podcast, that's exactly what you get. Um, I had a couple of subjects that were on my mind, and I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, put it out there and uh, see if anybody feels the same way. Um, uh, In my mind, I've always... Uh, thought about uh, movie fandom, you know, and how much time uh, it takes up in your daily life. Being a fan for years and years and years and years. Um, But I always think about those first few years. um, The ones where you're really honed in uh, and you're really just trying to absorb as much as possible. Um, And everybody has that time period. You know, if you're... uh, trying to be worth your salt. You know, you, you want to make sure that you're watching everything. And uh, that just takes time and, you know, just motivation to do it. Um, and I call that time, the time that you're absorbing the most movies and knowledge about movies, uh, I call those the psycho years. Because uh, it, it, it literally is years of time, you know, to be able to, to watch this content and uh, be aware of it and catalog it and, you know, just know it. Um, and, uh, you're also caught up, you know, in, you know, the, the fact of being a fan of, of being a, a cinema fan and you can talk to other people. Um, I always loved that. Uh, that's one of the greatest aspects of it. That's why I created this group in the first place. Um, and for me personally, my psycho years, um, were between 1996 and 1998. Um, I remember it specifically because 96 was the year that Independence Day, uh, the disaster movie bracket champion, um, came out. And I was so honed in on theaters and movies and I wanted to know more. And, you know, you found out that they were just making new movies every single week. And you could just kind of take note and, you know, try to watch as many as possible. Um, and I remember um, they would have reviews in the local paper. And I used to cut those reviews out and, and put them on my wall. Like the review, like the poster from the newspaper. Um, uh, so it was 96 through 98, a couple of notable things on my wall. Uh, I remember I had... Uh, the poster plus the article review of Private Parts, the Howard Stern uh, biopic. 
I remember that in particular. Um, there was a Danny Boyle flick that starred uh, Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor. And I can't for the life of me remember the name of the movie. Um, but if you if you know the name, uh, uh, put it in the comments. I would love to know the name of that movie. Um, and then also, um, oh God, there was the one with um, Kurt Russell and uh, him and his wife. Uh, the wife was played by uh, Jim Lovell's wife from Apollo 13. And the wife gets kidnapped and it's Kurt Russell's journey to try and track her down and beat up the bad guys. I can't remember the name of that movie either. God. I remember it was on my wall. It was on my wall for, for months. Um, and then uh, on top of that, I used to search for, you know, big, big posters. Like way beyond the 24 by 36. Like uh, I'm talking like subway posters. I would be on the hunt for those. Like any kind of uh, merchandise. I would always like just stick it on my wall or just kind of hoard it. Like uh, Like 96 through 98, that was the time when I was really watching as many movies as possible and, uh, you know, going back and, and uh, like watching the movies of like the eighties and, and the early nineties, uh, you know, and, and really trying to absorb as much as possible, you know, because just, I just love it. I just, I just love uh, stories, you know, and a feature format. Um, and, uh, I would just, I would just spend all my time just watching movies. Uh, I remember, uh, the summer of 97, uh, my parents, uh, took me and my brother and my sister uh, out to uh, South Padre Island for some vacation. And where we stayed, there was literally a blockbuster like right next door to our <laughs> our hotel room. And so instead of going to the beach, I would walk to the blockbuster and I would go rent movies. <laughs> and I would bring them back and I would spend my time watching movies instead of going to the beach. You know, trying to get a tan. I was I was inside getting no tan, but I was absorbing some good stories. Um, I would love to hear uh, anybody else's uh, psycho years, like those times were the time where you were just it was nothing but movies. Um, I know there's not I don't I know not everybody has psycho years with movies, um, but I know that some people do, and you know it's one of those things that helps you, you know, gain your knowledge and also stay current. You know, being able to tread two different, you know, movie watching timelines, one staying on current events while at the same time trying to um, get your knowledge up on older film. Um, if anybody else uh, does this or if I'm just the crazy person in the, in the group, uh, let me know. Um, I would love to would love to hear just a shout out in the comments, guys. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, just kind of a short episode. Um uh, just because I wanted to make sure we had something, but uh, uh, I'm not sure how much more I have. But I have uh, one more segment uh, where I'm actually going to give you guys my personal top 10 movies of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? Here is tonight's top 10 list. Let's... The, uh, the opinion of me and what I think are my 10 favorite movies. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else shares my sentiment, but I don't care. It's my list. Uh, if you wanted to uh, put your top 10 of all time, 
uh, in the comments. I would love to read them. I know that top 10 all time is a very revolving door type situation, but, uh, but there's always those constants, you know, and you really got to hammer those out. Um, it's kind of an activity, you know, like, like what is your top 10 right now? And then in two months, it might be something completely different, but I've had my list for a while and I wanted to share it with you guys. So starting at number 10, uh, it's one of my favorite movies, number 10 of all time, in fact. Uh, and it is the Joe Dante film, The Burbs, starring uh, Tom Hanks and Bruce Dern and Corey Feldman. You know, did you ever see the movie The Sentinel, Mr. Peterson? It's about the old guy who owns the apartment, which is kind of like the uh, gateway to hell. No, I, I didn't see that. I was doing some thinking. And you know, being that their last house burned down and all, it's like maybe somebody left the gate open. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my parents had Showtime on cable. Uh, they were allowed, you know, just basic cable plus one premium channel. And they decided that Showtime should be that premium channel. Uh, us kids had no say in it. Um, and so um, I remember Showtime would play the Burbs on repeat, just constantly. Um, and, um, you know, I was a latchkey kid. So uh, in my middle and high school years, you know, I was constantly just by myself for a few hours every single day. And, you know, just put on some TV. And usually it was the Burbs and I would watch it constantly. It was a family favorite, uh, the dad. Uh, you know, uh, my mother loved it. Uh, both my, both my siblings loved it. And, uh, it was just, just a great 90 minutes of, uh, just some good Tom Hanks comedy. Um, so it's, yeah. Um, anybody else, uh, seen the burbs? Love it. Uh, number nine on my all time top 10 is, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> you forgot to say please. I saw this movie in theaters, and I must have been like eight years old, and it absolutely blew my mind. Like I've I I I was eight years old, and I still remember it to this day crystal clear. Like I remember what I was eating, you know, like uh, I had popcorn and then I had uh, some uh, Bunch of Crunch and I loved it. And um, but yes, it's a memory I'll always have. And uh, another memory of this movie is I remember one time me and some friends uh, actually went to the beach uh, for the weekend and we were about to, you know, head out, you know, go to the, go to the, you know, the beach parties and whatnot going on. And we saw that Terminator 2 was playing on, like, USA with commercials and all that. And the whole room was just watching Terminator 2. And he's like, oh, man, this, this, oh, this is great. And uh, people are trying to say, hey, you ready to go to the club? And we'd be like, well, can we watch, you know, the part whenever he, like, drives the truck over the bridge? I mean, that's really cool. And they're like, okay. And so we watched that part. And then they're trying to rally us again. You ready to go to the club? 
like, well, can we watch the part, you know, where he, you know, sticks the, you know, the coolant uh, and the syringe and puts it in his neck. That's a really cool part. Um, and it would just keep going. And we we watched the entire movie uh, before we went out to the club. Uh, it's always a great movie. Uh, number eight on uh, the all-time top ten is uh, Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. We all want to retain our personalities in some idyllic afterlife. We all pray for some miracle, some drug, potion, pill. Perhaps, though, it takes something else. Perhaps it takes desire, an obsessive desire. Perhaps it takes... I watched this movie the first time in my early 20s. And uh, the person who showed it to me was a ginormous reanimator fan. So I got kind of a mystery science theater experience when I watched reanimator for the first time. And this guy just geeked out on this movie. Like he just loved the effects and the makeup and the story was just ludicrous. And uh, I always held on to that. And so every subsequent viewing, um, I'm always just looking at the humor of that movie, but at the same time, visceral horror. Like it's so good. It's over the top, but it's it's scary while it being funny at the same time. Uh, it's a great mixture for a horror movie. Um, number seven on my all-time top ten list is Little Miss Sunshine. You know what? Fuck beauty contests. Life is one fucking beauty contest after another. You know, school, then college, then work? Fuck that. And fuck the Air Force Academy. If I want to fly, I'll find a way to fly. You, know, you do what you love, and fuck the rest. I put this on my list because it's sort of a catch-all for, I guess, that type of movie. You know, the... Um, the adult coming of age film um, where, you know, there's always some kind of soft, you know, indie soundtrack and several storylines that are crisscrossing each other and trying to be clever. Um, I really enjoy that type of film. Uh, and I thought The Little Miss Sunshine did it perfectly. Um, there's a lot of other movies that do that. And I, I enjoy those movies as well, but I can't have them on my, on my top ten. Um, and so I wanted to have that to be my subset of, I love that type of cinema, um, but I can only choose one, and I chose uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Number six on the all-time top ten is Fight Club. Got two black shirts. Sir. Two pair of black pants. Yes, sir. One pair of black boots. Sir. Two pair of black socks. Sir. One black jacket. Sir. $300 personal burial money. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> You're too old, fat man. Tits are too big. Get the fuck off my porch. I know the Fight Club gets kind of a bad rap. Like, uh, if you put Fight Club in your top ten... You know, uh, you get branded, you know, as like, <laughs> it's just like a mindless movie fan. But 
I mean, Fight Club, I mean, uh, besides it being a really great movie, it was the first movie I ever watched on DVD. Uh, and if you're an, you're an old fart like me, uh, DVD still blows your mind. Um, living in an age where you had to keep up with cassettes, and then all of a sudden, bam, there's this disc. Uh, I know I'm running the risk of sounding really old, but, uh, but yes, I remember DVD blew me away. Like, uh, you could zoom in, like when you paused, like it didn't have that blurry effect on it, you know, like a tape would, like it just paused. It was right there. Um, and I remember just crystal clear, you know, video, great audio, and just watching that movie on DVD for the first time. It was, and that was the first time I ever seen the movie. I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, so the DVD was the first time I ever watched it. And I was blown away by the movie. And uh, I thought DVD had a big part of it. And I've been a huge DVD fan since. Um, I've invested so much money into DVDs. It's ridiculous. Um, number five on the top ten all-time list is The Toxic Avenger. Whatever the boss says goes. <laughs> no, 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 please. Please, I got it. No, 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 please, come on. I, I got a family. Say your prayers, copper. <laughs> this is Lloyd Kaufman film, uh, produced by the infamous Troma team uh, out in Hell's Kitchen, New York. Um, <clears throat> it is just so 80s and so over the top. And... Um, one of the things I really like about it is it's, it's kind of like guerrilla filmmaking, you know, like you, you learn a lot about how to make a low budget film, you know, with an idea and a few thousand dollars. Um, and it, that, that was the thing that always really appealed to me about the movie, you know, how they could make this fantastical thing, but you know, that a lot of the budget went into the makeup and not much else, you know, and so they had to improvise on effects, you know, and editing uh, and just, you know, sight gags, you know, to be able to fill, you know, 90 minutes. And you can, you can see that. You can, you can just feel it in the whole production, like from front to back. Um, and uh, I've just been a trauma fan ever since. Uh, they represent truly independent cinema, no matter how disgusting it is. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll always have a special place in my heart for trauma. It's kind of like Little Miss Sunshine. There's so many out there. I had to pick only one. I picked The Toxic Avenger. Uh, number four on the all-time top ten list uh, is Dirty Work uh, with Norm MacDonald, directed by the great Bob Saget. Hey, homeless guys. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a dollar each if you go to this building here and run around yelling and screaming. Uh, you know, that's very nice, but I think what you probably need are, like, some psycho, out-of-control homeless guys. Yeah, we're more the broken, spiritless... I've lost the will to live type homeless guys. How about for $2? Uh, I've always held this movie in such high regard. Uh, I thought it was just some of the best comedy. Uh, like, I laughed, I laughed my ass off. Like, um, you know, and on top of that, you see these movies that came beforehand. You know, kind of like your, your Billy Madison's and your Happy Gilmore's. Those kinds of, like, you know, just silly little, little comedies, little cheeky comedies. And then Dirty Work comes out, it's, and it's on the same level, but for whatever reason, it's just so dry. It's like a, it's like a piece of Melba toast, but it's funny as hell. 
and um, uh, that that kind of comedy is not really seen much anymore. Uh, but I've always thought it was very unique. And um, for a straight up comedy, uh, I love Dirty Work. Uh, it's in it's number two in my all time comedies list, right behind Dumb and Dumber. Um, but uh, but all time top ten as far as movies go. Dirty Work definitely gets a spot on my top ten. Uh, number three on the all-time top ten, uh, I went with The Great Outdoors. One night we were getting ready for bed, and we heard this terrible noise out by the trash cans. You remember? And uh, I went downstairs to check it out, looked out the window, and there was the biggest, baddest bear in the Northwoods. Sure, Dad. No, it's true. It's true. This bear was over eight feet high with big white teeth, fangs stained pink from whatever it killed before it got to our cabin. It was frightening. Ah, frightening. This is a movie that was taped uh, uh, off of Showtime, like I said before, uh, at my parents' house, uh, before I realized that it was there. And so it's always been in the, in the tape collection, as far as I'm concerned. And um, yes, I, we would watch this movie over and over again. Um, if um, there was some free time, like if there was an evening where my dad didn't watch Law and Order or some other kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> war show like China Beach. Uh, he would always be down to, you know, pop in a movie. Uh, but he wanted to make it sure it was a movie that he was going to enjoy. And uh, he's never usually a big fan of, like, exploring new movies in prime time. He just wants to enjoy a good movie. And that movie was, more often than not, uh, Great Outdoors. Um I've, I've, I can quote this movie front to back. Um, it's one of my favorites. John Candy is absolute legend. Uh, one of John Hughes's most underrated scripts um, that he didn't actually direct. Uh, Howard Deutsch actually directed Great Outdoors. Um, but yes, it's so unique. Uh, and uh, it's so of its time. And, uh, yeah, it's got some great gags in it and it's, uh, it's really a lot of fun and there's a lot of, you know, um, a family jokes, you know, and I always, always love the family jokes, uh, kind of keep it light, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's always something you can relate with. Um, I kind of, uh, I wanted to go with vacation at first for this spot, but uh, I wanted to represent, you know, the the Hughes camp and the and the '80s comedies because I love those, and this one is definitely on top of my list. Uh, Great Outdoors, uh, number two on the all time top ten list uh, is Chasing Amy, uh, Kevin Smith's third feature film, uh, right after Clerks and Mallrats. Now, Vader, he's a spiritual brother, you know, down with the Force and all that good shit. Then there's Cracker, Skywalker. Gets his hands on a lightsaber, and the boy decides he's gonna run the fucking universe. Gets a whole clan of whites together. 
And they gonna bust up Vader's hood, the Death Star. Now what the fuck do you call that? Intergalactic Civil War? Gentrification! They gonna drive out the black element to make the galaxy quote unquote safe for white folks. And Jedi's the most insulting installment because Vader's beautiful black visage is sullied when he pulls off his mask to reveal a feeble, crusty old white man. They trying to tell us that deep inside, we all wants to be white. Well, isn't that true? Everybody has that first uh, Kevin Smith film if you were born in the 90s. Uh, and mine was Mallrats, actually. That was, the, that was my first movie, and then I moved on to Clerks. And then I finally watched Chasing Amy. Um, uh, the Kevin Smith films absolutely molded part of my personality. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely certain of that. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that Kevin Smith got a very good spot on my top ten. Um, uh, you know, overall, you know, people try to look at his filmography and call him a hack. But, but at the same time, I mean, he's made some great films and some, you know... Um, very colloquial films, you know, where you can look back. It's like a like a time capsule um, of that time, and it, I still find it very fun. Uh, but I think that Chasing Amy really accomplished really what he wanted to say in his film, while making it still his brand of of raunchy comedy, um, and you know, kind of diverting to more of a of a drama appeal, you know, with, with that indie sensibility. Um, and I think that's where Kevin Smith always thrives is, is in the indies, you know, where he's having to, you know, think on his feet on, you know, the next shot and how to plan it out. And, and I think that's where, I think that's where he's great. Um, and chasing Amy is a perfect example of that. Um, and so, yes, uh, the view universe, uh, very much appreciated here in the, in the Charlie Thompson world. Uh, so yes, number two goes to Chasing Amy. Uh, and number one on the all-time top ten is Pulp Fiction. Jimmy, lead the way. Boys, get to work. Please would be nice. Come again? I said a please would be nice. Get it straight, Buster. I'm not here to say please. I'm here to tell you what to do. And if self-preservation is an instinct you possess, you better fucking do it and do it quick. I'm here to help. If my help's not appreciated, lots of luck, gentlemen. No, 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 Mr. Wolf. It ain't like that. Your help is definitely appreciated. Mr. Wolf, listen. I don't mean disrespect, okay? I respect you. I just don't like people barking orders at me. That's all. If I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast, and I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. So pretty please, with sugar on top. Clean the fucking car. Don't be looking at me like that, all right? I can feel your look. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's 1994 gangster opus. Um, I mean, this is the one that opened all the doors of possibility um, for me as far as being a movie watcher. Um, I always tell people that, that I think the Pulp Fiction is a perfect film. And I think my movie fandom is spawned by me searching for another movie 
that can that can be better than that movie. And I think that I'm still a movie fan because the search continues. Um, that's how much I, I hold Pulp Fiction uh, in high regard. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I, I wouldn't have been able to find the other nine films on my top ten without watching Pulp Fiction and absorbing it and the different ways that you can absorb it and... Um, and take that and use that as a measuring stick for other movies. Um, and I'm so grateful that I got to see this film, you know, in its first run, you know, and not as a 10 year old movie, um, that I got to see it in the moment. And man, uh, you, you can't really recreate that, like a film doing that to you, uh, and, and a, an independent film of all things. Um, and so, yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, absolute number one. Uh, still looking for that movie that can knock it off of its throne. Um, and so if you guys wanted to reveal your top tens, I would love to read them. Um, if you wanted to talk about your psycho years and uh, the crazy things that you did uh, as being a movie fan and representing yourself that way, uh, I would love to, uh, to read all of that. Um, so uh, for Rylan Johnson, who couldn't be here tonight, uh, my name is Charlie Thompson, and I have been spitting the real shit. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. She lays down.